Welcome back. This is the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm your host, Evangelist Mike McCurry, and it truly is a joy to be with you. In my role as an evangelist and the director of this great ministry, I have the opportunity to travel a lot, miles upon miles upon miles. I think we did uh, 30,000 miles plus in the last calendar year, and the way it's looking, it would not surprise me if we far exceed that this year. But I digress. The reason I mention that is that, thankfully, the Lord has provided safety. And really, that's a testament of God's grace and the prayers of people just like you. So please keep praying. I'll be bouncing around through multiple states over the next coming weeks. And really, it's an opportunity to reach a lot of different people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to hopefully light a fire under the Christians of America and the world about the need for the use of gospel tracts and the need to supply dozens upon hundreds of countries around the world with gospel tracts as well. For instance, right now, we are endeavoring to print 10 million gospel tracts solely for the country of Pakistan. Now, that's on top of the many other tracts, the millions upon millions that we print for the United States and many other countries as well. And so if you'd like to be a part of that effort, please feel free to visit BibleTracksInc.org and you can donate there at the top right-hand corner or you could text me directly, 309 309- 316-7240. And if you send us a text, we would love to help you out with how you can donate if you have a question there. I mentioned the vast amount of travels that God allows me to do to mention the fact that it has been safe travels thus far, and we're so very thankful for that. The question I have for you, though, our listener today, is this. Have you ever been in danger? Have you ever been in a serious circumstance? They can take many different forms. Oftentimes, uh, vehicular activities can result in some accidents, fatal or otherwise. And that's a very sad occurrence. Of course, we need to be careful. It would be wise to be wearing our seatbelts and to drive vehicles that function well, that have had preventative maintenance done, a little bit of TLC every once in a while. That's probably a good thing. But danger can take many different forms. Unfortunately, because of people's sin nature, when they become consumed by that, people can be a danger to others. And that's an unfortunate event and part of our humanity, part of our sin nature. But danger, are you in danger. Well, as we pick back up in Mark chapter 4, and I hope you'll find yourself there in just a moment, we're going to talk about a circumstance where a few individuals were in a very dangerous circumstance where the threat of drowning was nigh upon them. But before we do that, let me mention a gospel tract called, Are You in Danger? Now, it's been a while since I've talked about this one on the broadcast, but let me tell you about it today. Paul Levine tells a story in this gospel track. Now, for those of you unfamiliar, Paul Levine was our founder, evangelist Paul Levine. In 1938, God allowed the birth of Bible Tracks Incorporated to take place, and this is one of the gospel tracks that he wrote. He starts with this. When I was 12, my violin teacher, Mr. Spencer, and I went fishing on the banks of the Rock River near Moline, Illinois. North of the river, a large lake is connected by a swamp that is wider and deeper than many rivers I've seen. He goes on to tell how they end up in a boat fishing. But here's the situation. 
As we all know, weather can be unpredictable. And Paul Levine finds out that he is in danger. But here's the question for you, friend. Forget physical stresses. Forget the issues of life, maybe even disease or health circumstances. Spiritually speaking, are you in danger? God forbid something were to happen to you. If you died today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you would go? Or, if I can ask a blunt question, are you in danger of when you take your last breath, slipping off into eternity in hell? I pray that that's not the case. But here's the amazing thing. I would love to help you with that today. I had a man actually text me not long ago. He listens to the broadcast in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And if you're listening right now, sir, I would love to hear back from you. We communicated a little bit about things of God, and I had the opportunity to share a little bit of the gospel with him. Now, I can ask you the same thing. If you'd like to know more about things of God, if you'd like to communicate about your knowledge of eternity, then please feel free to reach out to me. Text me, 309-316-7240. I will respond to you directly. I'm not going to shuttle you off on a secretary. I'm not going to allow some machine to just bounce back messages to you. Once you send that initial text, you'll get a quick bounce back to make sure of who you are. And then you'll be able to text me and I will respond to you. That question, are you in danger? That's a weighty one. If you'd like to get this gospel tract for free, you can do so. Bible Tracks, Inc., Please don't hesitate. Do it today. BibleTracksInc.org. Now let's turn our attention to the Bible study today. You may recall that we are in Mark chapter number 4, and I hope you'll find your place there as well. We talked for just a moment about the fact that Jesus was drained in this account. Let me point out to you exactly why. A very quick review. In Mark chapter number 4, we find a companion passage. In Matthew chapter number 12, we see that Jesus, in this one day, he had already healed a man with a demon. He had also continued this passage. He dealt with opposition from his enemies. And Matthew chapter number 12 and 23 and 24 says, All the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. What they were accusing him of was witchcraft, of devil worship, of consorting with demons and devils. And that's what he has to deal with. And then the day continues in Matthew 13, verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of his house and sat by the seaside. He wasn't just going on a vacation for the second half of the day. No, he spends his time preaching for the entire rest of the day. Flip back over to the book of Mark, chapter 4, and verse number 1 and 2. And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables." Now, friend, understand this, that speaking to large groups of people can be at times draining. It can sap your energy. It really is such a privilege to be able to open up God's word and to talk to God's people about the very things of God. But can I tell you 
that even with God-given energy, at the conclusion of a Sunday of speaking, many times I'll speak in a church in Sunday school in the morning hour, and then Sunday service, normally around 11 a.m. or thereabouts, and normally after lunch, after that morning service, there'll be an evening service as well, around 5 or 6 p.m., Three times in one day, oftentimes that's what makes up my weekend, speaking to crowds of varying sizes, all for the glory of God. But can I tell you, friend, come Sunday night, I'm ready to sleep. I'm drained. Though I'm busy about the work of the Lord, I can only imagine what Jesus Christ was dealing with, speaking to great multitudes of people and without the benefit of a sound system, having to pitch his voice to carry to thousands, possibly, of people. He preaches for the entire rest of the day there. I did read, a long time ago, about an author that told a story of his time as a British soldier. He actually visited the approximate spot where this account takes place, and he was asked to address his men by the chaplain. And so, as his men, large group of them, spread out on that uh, hillside and lounged there, he began to speak to them, and really he pitched his voice thinking he'd have to speak loud enough for the furthest one in the back to hear, but the water was calm, and the beach rolled up into almost a bowl that could sit thousands, and his men were spread out across it. As he was standing at the water's edge, he realized that he could almost speak in a conversational tone because of the acoustics of the area there right by the Sea of Galilee. And it's believed that's approximately the spot where Jesus spoke to these multitudes, almost an amphitheater-type situation. And though it may have been acoustically sound and it may have made it easy for him to speak, still preaching and expounding his own words to these people must have drained him must have sapped him. Even though Jesus did not have to yell, I'm sure it was a tiring amount of time. He was wiped out. I know that Jesus was God, but he was also a man. He had to be looking forward to going to sleep, ready to call it quits for at least just this day, finally. Now, there are so many things we can learn from this. We know we don't serve a lazy God. We know that we serve a hardworking, and he wants to set an example for us. Jesus was not a lazy man. But we can understand why. In Mark chapter 4, verses 35, 36, 37, even as the storm came up and began to buffet the ship that his disciples were in, Jesus, we see, was asleep in the hindermost part of the ship, on a pillow. Hmm. I introduced the thought yesterday as this. You don't need to worry when he has a pillow. We are going to continue this discussion. We're going to look at the fact that the day was almost over here, and we're going to find out what Jesus did. We're going to find out whether or not he actually loved his disciples. But may I point out, that even in the midst of the storm and the waves and everything that was going on, Jesus was always still in control. When his disciples came to him and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus was in control. 
even before his disciples came to him, as they were chucking the water out and even using their hands and buckets, trying to get that water out of the ship as they slowly began to sink. They finally turned to Jesus and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish the entire time? God had been in control. Let me ask you, how long does it take you to turn to God with your problems? Do you think that God has abandoned you? Do you think that he's too tired from what he's done previously in your life to be able to help you today? You know as well as I that that's a foolish way to think of it. We should go to God first, before Facebook, before our friends, before our family. We must go to God. Let me encourage you today to visit BibleTracksInc.org. Maybe you know someone that is in danger of slipping off into an eternity in hell, and you'd like to do something about it today. BibleTracksInc.org. Don't go anywhere and visit with us tomorrow on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.